Hey guys, uh, so I guess uh, we all know why we're here. Um, today's uh, when I announced my retirement. Um, I think the one word that comes to my mind is uh, is uh, thank you, and and I'm I'm very thankful for for everything. Um, I'm uh, proud of my career, but at the same time, feeling humbled and just given this opportunity to play in NHL and having uh, having a long career. I want to thank the press organization. I feel fortunate that I, I played all my career in one organization. Take a lot of pride in that. I want to thank uh, David Poyle, the ownership group. I was fortunate enough only have three head coaches in my career, two goalie coaches. Very, very thankful for those guys and uh, you know all my all my teammates over the years. Obviously, I feel like my my teammates extended my career. I was I was able to play with uh, with a lot of different players. Made a made a ton of res uh, ton of friendships over the over the years, and I, I feel like you know now is the time to kind of look back and reflect. Uh, and and those are the things that come to my mind. It's the it's the people you meet, players you play with relationship you make really appreciate that but yeah i'm uh, extremely happy to sit here and and be in this position it's a it's an emotional day too but uh i uh, I'm, I'm looking back and i i just feel feel thankful Crawford will go to the bench again rene will try rene going deep for the empty net it is bouncing That was one of the reasons we why we why we stayed in uh, in Nashville for longer than than usually, uh, just to just to give myself enough time to uh, think through things and and uh, give myself enough time to just uh, be comfortable in any decisions I, I I make. And but yeah, it's obviously something that uh, I, I thought about a lot. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm 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 so proud and and fortunate that I've played in a one organization all my all my career. So that was that truly was the only only opportunity that was, that was in my head. So there was two two uh, I mean two options, uh, either retire or uh, either continue playing with uh, with the Predators. And and uh, I, I I appreciate uh, David and 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 everybody else for for giving me enough time to uh, make this decision on my own and make a decision that I I feel is the right one. And uh, and and deep down I I. I, I do feel that, so... You can't reproduce that, it's uh, for sure. I think everybody, everything went like in movies. I mean, it was, uh, it was such a, now looking back, such a special, special ending to my career. I don't know. You could feel that right away after the game and everything like that. It was, uh, I mean, such a special game. But uh, but uh, you know, now now knowing that that was my my last game, it was uh, what a way to what a way to end. And uh, very thankful for my teammates too. You know, being there and and um, you know beating and beating a first of all good team and and. Uh, for my, for myself, selfishly having a, having a shout out, not that's a it does feel good. You can see Pecorino reading his lips. I love you guys, and you can feel the crowd saying right back at you. The fans in Nashville, you guys are the best. Love you all. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm Adam Bingen at Adam Bingen. And that, of course, the voice of Pecorine, those calls courtesy of Bally Sports as well, uh, and, and some, some Finnish broadcasting too as well during the Stanley Cup Finals. So 
I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that at the at the start of the show there. Just wanted to give you guys Pekka's voice first thing uh, as he announced, of course, his retirement on Tuesday. Uh, Adam, the first half of this show, vastly going to be dedicated to Pekka Rene, his legacy, what he meant, our memories, some of the things that maybe we can kind of uh, fill in for fans that don't already know all there is to know about this guy. We can debate his Hall of Fame status. We can do all kinds of things on the show today. I have no notes, Adam. I have no notes for the first half of this show. I, I, I know some of the stats by heart. Um, we'll get to the second half of the show where we have to talk about our favorite topic of all time, expansion, because that list is due for the National Predators coming up on Saturday, July 17th. So we do have to address that, What our final predictions on strategy. Uh, but I have no, I, Adam, I don't know about you, but I don't have any notes. You're not a, normally a note guy. You don't need notes, but I don't have any notes for this first half of the show because Pecorino has announced his retirement. Yes, it was a big day here in Nashville when the Predators teased a major press conference on Monday evening. All of our minds wandered about what it could be. You know, I was able to confirm fairly quickly that it involved Pecorino. Um, I was not able to confirm, unfortunately, that he was retiring. I don't think anybody wanted to spoil the surprise. Um, but once it was out there that it was about Pekka, I think everybody put two and two together. Yeah. And, you know, there were two things. He could either be announcing that he's returning for another season or that he's retiring. And I, I figured that retiring was the most likely scenario and i remember after his final start that amazing uh atmosphere in the final regular season game against the carolina hurricanes where pekka recorded his 60th and final shutout of his career and and took the victory lap and soaked in the adulation of the fans you know i was told that pekka was 100 intending to play next season and he said, 100%? He, I was told 100% <laughs> that he was going to play. And of course, things change and things changed. And Pekka said today that the reason why he stuck around in Nashville for close to two months after the season ended is because he wanted to make sure that he was making the right decision. He, he, did, he said he did seriously consider playing again for a 16th NHL season. He said it was going to be either playing with the Predators or retiring. Uh, but ultimately, as we have come to know, he decided that retiring was the, the best, uh, the best thing for him to do at this time. And, you know, nobody can argue with that. Yeah. He had an incredible career you know, 15 parts of 15 seasons in the NHL, I think 13 full seasons in the NHL. I believe he was a four-time Vezina Trophy finalist, a one-time recipient of the Vezina Trophy, um, the King Clancy Memorial Trophy recipient last month for his philanthropy, um, the winningest Finnish goaltender of all time in the NHL, uh, tied for 19th overall in wins in league history. You know, the only thing missing, of course, is a Stanley Cup. And I'm sure his teammates past and present, well, I guess they're all now past teammates, <laughs> um, but all of his teammates, I'm sure in hearing this news are, are kicking themselves that they weren't able to get Pecorine yeah, yeah. a Stanley cup. It would have been a fitting end uh, to a, a long and celebrated career. Um, I, I'm certainly going to miss him. You know, oftentimes I like I, I liken covering a team and being in the dressing room to working in an office. Um, and you're not going to get along with everybody you work with. There are going to be people that you work with, work well with. There are going to be people that you get along with, you know, on a more personal level. Um, and then there are going to be people that you just can't stand. It happens. Um, but Pecorine, by far the most thoughtful and kindest athlete I've ever covered. I loved talking to him. I always made it a point to talk to him every time I could, whether it was just saying hello or actually interviewing him. Um, he was always great. 
um, always put a lot of thought into his responses, you know, avoided cliches, um, even on the hard stuff, like near a couple of years ago, when it became clear that things were trending toward UC taking over, he answered all of those questions. He wasn't, he, he wasn't, um, he wasn't antagonistic. Um, he, he wasn't, um, you know, he, he wasn't defiant. Um, he's an incredibly proud competitor, but he also understands, you know, who he is and, and where he was at his career. Um, it's not, you know, those aren't easy questions to ask. They are certainly not easy questions to answer. You know, the last thing anybody wants is somebody to, to stick a recorder in their face and basically say, why is your career basically over? Or why aren't you as good at what you, at what you do than you used to be? <laughs> like nobody wants to hear that nonsense. Uh, but you know what, Pekka always handled it well. And look, the first word that came to mind was class. And class has become like the word class has become so, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but we millennials. Uh, un unappreciated. We basically ruin the word class. Yeah. Well, because it's like, oh, he's so classy, but it's like, you know, <laughs> it's supposed to be degrading, not, you know, South, not South Park did that too. Classy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like when someone says, oh, he's such a classy guy, you're like, ugh, classy. But like, that's hey, what Pekka, I'm a little older than you. I still recognize class. So, but I, that's what, that's, that's what Pekka is. You know, Pekka yeah. is the definition of class and, you know, you, when you're in this business, you've been in, in this media world for a long time, you, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the relationships, you know, people will always, people who are not in journalism will often ask me if I'm a fan of the predators. And I say, no, I'm not a fan of the predators. I didn't grow up rooting for the predators. I do not care if they win or lose. Um, my job is to write what I see yeah. and, and yeah. share my opinion. But you do root for people. You do root for people that that you want to succeed. You know, Shea Weber is a perfect example. I, you know, I, I figured the Lightning would ultimately have their way with the Canadians in the Stanley Cup final, and they did. Um, but I wanted the Canadians to win because I wanted Shea Weber to win because I think Shea Weber is a, you know, to use that word again, a class act. And I would think he, would he have behaved like Nikita Kucherov on a boat though? Would it have been as entertaining if Shea? It would not been? have been. It would not have been as entertaining. <laughs> I'm sure Shea would have had like a mahjong tournament at his house. Yes, he very. Would, yeah. Stay with the cup. Um, watch. He probably watch, would have played, watched the Blue Jays on. Uh, I was going to say he network. probably would have played baseball yeah. and tried to hit a home run into the bowl of the Stanley Cup or something. But you know, I wanted I wanted Shea to win because I wanted you know I wanted he, he I think he I think he deserves it. And, you know, the same thing with Pekka, you know, if I wanted the Predators to win a Stanley Cup, it was basically so that Pekka could go out on top. And it sucks that he wasn't able to, uh, but he has nothing to be ashamed of, an incredible career, and we will miss him dearly. So that is quite the soliloquy to start, the, to start the show. And no, I think it, I think it's great. I think it's perfect. Um, I, I think getting your emotions sort of being around the team as closely as you've been, I think is, is, is important. We've got a lot of other stuff to discuss. Again, we can talk hall of fame. We can talk the numbers. You mentioned a couple of them there. We'll give you a little bit more thorough layout of those numbers. Obviously we can run through some of our more poignant memories, both on and off the ice uh, as everyone has them, uh, whether you're a fan or a media member or worked for the organization or whatever, you have an experience with Pecorini because he went out and made a point to sort of have those moments with people because that's the kind of guy that he is. And so we're going to spend a lot of time doing all of that. We, we will talk expansion a little bit later on. I do have to say, though, Adam, because, again, we haven't done this yet so far on the show, and that is that the gold standard is brought to you by... Jaspers. Jaspers. I went and tried a frozen popsicle with alcohol in it. And? It was effing delicious. It was as sweet as a pecorine start in a postseason in Chicago. Mm. How about that? That's one of my favorite memories of Pecorine is game one, <laughs> Steve, game one in Chicago against the Blackhawks. One of my greatest memories. The, the, listen, the frozen popsicles, fantastic. Uh, we've got the Froze, you got the cold standard, uh, the gold standard, uh, the cold fashion. Listen to me. Uh, go to Why Jasper. isn't the gold standard a popsicle yet? I, 
I, you, you need to come with me to Jasper's. Oh, you're actually going to invite me to Jasper's. You've been invited multiple times. You, you invited me one time knowing that I wouldn't be able to come. <laughs> it was a courtesy invite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's kind of like, do you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? It was pretty, 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 pretty yes, good. Yes, it wasn't that, but it was like, it was, there wasn't, there was a scene in one, in like the beginning of the latest season <laughs> where with the big goodbye, it was called the big goodbye, where it's basically a party <laughs> trick. It was a bar, it's a party trick where there's a person at the party or some sort of gathering that you don't want to talk to. Like you want to avoid them at all costs, but you know that you eventually have to, you know, interact with them in some form. So on your way out, you do the big goodbye where you go, oh, Brayden, I didn't say, I'm so sorry I missed you. I, I wish we could have more time to chat. I wish I would have run into you earlier. You don't mean it, obviously. Like Pekka would never have done that. Pekka Pe- is not Pekka a big would, goodbye kind yeah. of guy. He would actually take the time to say hello and goodbye to you. Yes. Yes, he would. He. Yeah, so you're yes, saying that yeah. my invitation to invite you to Jasper's was, was sort of a Larry Davidism version of the big goodbye. Yes, it was basically like, well, I invited him. I know he can't come, but I yeah. made the, I, I made the gesture. Yeah. So I can say I invited you to Jasper's, but you couldn't come. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's, I, I would, uh, if I was Larry David and I was doing a scene and making the, which I am not, of course, then I, I would call it the courtesy invite where you you absolutely invite one of your friends or family to do something knowing full well they're going to say no, but you still get the credit for the invitation. That, that's that's the beauty of that. So go to this is not a courtesy invite. I would love to go to Jasper's with you, drink some frozen boozy popsicles, and celebrate the 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 legacy of Pecorine as the Nashville Predators' greatest player of all time. I, I would totally do that with you, Adam. And there's great food too, by the way, and plenty of places to watch the game and great happy hour and all that other good stuff. Free parking. If we were to make if we were to pitch to Jasper's a Pecorine themed meal, what would it be? And it, clearly, it would be. Well, Lamb, if it was right, because if, be if, if it was Matthias Eckholm, it would just be like spaghetti and like noodles and eggplant, and and that would he eats before every game. It's like the same thing. I think uh, I think he wrote Boring. that. Yeah, I think he well, you got a carb load, you know, before a big hockey game. Um, all right, so anyway, go to Jasper's. I, I just like I said, I have no notes, and and I don't remember. Like I know so many people, and and I would recommend going to check check out a lot of people's Twitter accounts here, like Jeremy Gover is a guy that you and I know very well who's covered this team longer than both of us and has so many stories about Pecorino. He's posting them all over the place. And I, I think there's so many wonderful people. Pete Weber has so many great stories about Pecorino. You have great stories. Um, I, I think one of the one of the things, before we get into all the statistical stuff and sort of what he means to the franchise, because I think you kind of already have laid it out, I, I don't think you can overstate that he is the greatest and most important Nashville Predator player of all time. I, I don't think that's even even really up for discussion. We'll get into the Hall of Fame discussion. I, I, I just remember the first time I ever met him. Um, and I think I've told a couple of my P.E.K.K.A. stories before, and, and I'm sure you have a, a million of them. But the first time I ever met him, I kind of asked him, you know, I introduced myself. We small talked for a few minutes. He was very genuine and thoughtful, as he always is. But I, I wanted to record something for my brand new radio show that I just started. I'd never co- covered a hockey team before. And I grew up loving hockey, so I knew a little bit. But I, I, you know, put my phone in his face, put the recorder in his face. And I just, I said, I essentially asked him not an easy question, but not, you know, and I just said, Hey, you know, do you guys like, is it okay to play with expectations? Do you want to have expectations? Like, isn't it, you know, how does it feel to be entering a season with, with pressure to win? Right. Which is not exactly the easiest question in the world. And he basically just, you know, answered it honestly and casually and said, yeah, of course you want expectations. Like, of course, that's what we want. We want, we play the game to win and we, the fans in this town expect us to win. And that was the, the season that they ended up going to play for the cup. And, and so it, it just, I just remember him giving me a very thoughtful answer, having never met me before. I had since have multiple interactions with him where he went out of his way to do something kind or nice or thoughtful, um, you know, I've told the story before about my, my family and, and shooting a wedding video, essentially a thank you video. And, and uh, he was gracious with his time. And um, I, I, you know, on the ice, Adam, man, like, I don't know where you start. Like, I don't, you know, I played, we played the highlights from, you know, earlier in the, in the open there about, 
the, the dive on the boards against Chicago. I think it was game three where it bounced off the stanchion and almost went in and he had to dive from behind the yes. boards to save it. Like, you know, how, how many playoff wins I mentioned, the ones I think of are games one and two in Chicago where Laviolette mixed up the lines and Pecorino just absolutely steals game one. And, and I think Pete Weber on the radio was like, I think Pekka's wanted for felony in Cook County right now. And, you, you know, like just uh, to your point, the last game, I, I got to be there too for that one. And just, again, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'd like to know more some of your most memorable on ice performances but it's almost like you know in 13 years like you just can't <laughs> there's just too many of them like you can't the playoffs against Vancouver you know the goal he scored which we played earlier in the open as well scoring a goal is like I just it's almost impossible to encapsulate his entire career into a couple of sentences about memories you know yeah for sure um the goal in Chicago absolutely is near the top of the list the last game against Carolina, um, the two shutouts in Chicago to start the 2017 playoffs. Um, even this season, I know I wasn't there in person, um, but the the save he made on Joe Pavelski in the shootout in Dallas that kicked off that pivotal road trip in March where he made like the paddle save and he was laughing about it. And I remember talking to Pekka about it like the week after and, and he and Pavelski uh, I believe played together during the full season lockout in 2004, 2005. And, you know, uh, Pekka has a ton of respect for Joe Pavelski and was, you know, talking about how, you know, sometimes even, even with all of the training that he's had, like sometimes you just need a bit of luck and, you know, he couldn't even believe it. And, you know, it was a big save that, you know, helped kick off an important road trip that basically saved the Predators season. Um, but the games at home in Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh in the Stanley yeah. Cup final. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot. I mean, he, when Pecorine in his prime, you know, there were few goaltenders in the NHL who were better. Um, I was amazed when I looked this up. I think it was between 2008 and 2019. And keep in mind that Pekka missed most of the 13-14 season uh, because of a hip injury that subsequently got infected. Um, but between 2008 and 2019, I believe it was 610 games he started. And the only two goaltenders in the league who had started more were Henrik Lundqvist and Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, you know, Pecorino, two, two, two Hall of Famers. Yes. Pecorino, he started 72 games one year. I mean, he was, <laughs> he was a preeminent workhorse in the NHL. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't there for that particular season, of course, but you know, the one thing, you know, I like, I, I, I've, I've gotten in touch where I tried to get in touch with so many of his former teammates over the, you know, over the past several hours. And, you know, I'm looking to dig up some dirt, like, tell me, you know, tell me some <laughs> great stories about like him, you know, at the golf course or on the plane or at the bar, you know, stuff like that. Um, but they're like, he's just so nice. And like, the thing is like, you hear that all the time, right? Like, Oh, that guy's so nice. But like, is he though? Like, you, you've, everybody has a friend or yeah, someone yeah, they've yeah. met who's like, oh, that guy's so nice. And then you meet him or him or her. And you're like, eh, you can't, okay. well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't, here's the thing. There's plenty of people that you hear that about that. Then you meet them and sure. They're very nice, but do, do they mean it? Is, is right. it, is it genuine? And, and I, like, I, I can't tell you like all the details of this story. Um, so sorry guys, I, I will get permission at some point from my source to tell this story uh, about Pecorine, but just, just know that while he is so thoughtful and, and, and I don't want to say reserved in, in the media, but you, you've heard his, his comments on Tuesday in his retirement com press conference. He, he's pretty, he keeps it pretty even keel, right? When he's talking and in interviews as, as well, that's not the Pecorine. That's the personality. Like he is that kind. He is that genuine. He is that thoughtful, but he's also the guy you want to go play golf with and drink beer with. And, and I think the players have gotten to see that that even fans and media will never get to see. 
And, and it's not, I'm not saying that he's got this other life that he lives or that he's this other personality. I don't mean that. I just mean that he, he is this genuinely like this kindness and thoughtfulness also is sort of this revelry of life. Like he just enjoys and appreciates all the things that the things that lead him to be so respectful to everybody in his life are the things that lead him to enjoy the moments in, in life. And so I, again, I, I'm hesitant to tell too many stories, but if you want to, if you were a new player and you came to Nashville, you probably went and played golf with Pecorine and you probably thought, Oh, this really quiet, you know, reserved, thoughtful, kind guy is actually this really fun, loving, genuinely hilarious kind of, you know, drink a beer and play golf kind of guy and a freak of nature athlete. The gold standard is brought to you by Jaspers. Do you have any, do you have any cheeky punchline, any cheeky tagline, like your body, your choice, like last time? <laughs> that's, that's the only good one I have. You've got one, one good one. Um, they are constantly evaluating their reevaluating their menu, Adam. And we've told you last week about the boozy popsicles that they've added. And I got to try one the other day, as I mentioned on the show already, I, I got to try one and, you know, I was a little, I was a little concerned about the cold fashion, which is, you know, like a, again, a frozen version of a, an old fashioned. I thought maybe the froze was the way to go because it sort of feels more natural in that frozen state. But I got to tell you, man, that cold fashioned popsicle, holy smokes, a Rooney. It was delicious. I could have had four or five of them and sat outside and been totally comfortable. Thank you, Jaspers. And drunk. I probably definitely would have been drunk. But my goodness, thank just there's too many hot patios right now in the middle of July in Nashville. You, you got to cool down and a nice boozy popsicle is the way to go, my friend. You should try it. Uh, I do like popsicles. What's not to like? What they should do is they should make alcoholic freeze pops. You know, they should, they should. Like, that's what it, that's what, that's how it comes. It comes like a freeze pop, not yeah, like a popsicle in a no, stick. No, it's in the, it's in the plastic tube and you push it up and you squeeze it out. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah. That's a game changer. Oh yeah. No mess at all. Yeah. So on a completely unrelated note, as per usual, it reminds me of like, what was your favorite, what was your favorite ice cream treat in the summertime as a kid? I, I'm not an ice cream sandwich guy. I'm not one of those. I, I, uh, I can be, I can be convinced into eating an ice cream sandwich. I I'm not one of those uh, drumstick guys. Cause that's just vanilla ice cream with nuts on it. That's stupid. Not bad. Um, probably ice. If you're talking ice cream, like on a like stick. a good like like a good humor a good humor truck pulls up, F- and it's got all the normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, fudgeicle. Boring. F- it's chocolate, man. I'm going chocolate every time. I don't like vanilla ice cream. I think the cook the, the ice cream sandwich is kind of a ripoff. Like what about the chocolate ice cream sandwich with chocolate ice cream in the middle? Okay, now now you've got me. Now you've got me. I'm okay. I'm sold now. That you don't like the you don't like the vanilla ice cream is what you're saying. I mean, it's better than a bowl of onions, but like a lot of things are better than a bowl of onions. It's not as good as chocolate, though. You know. Um, I was always you? a fan. I like the. Uh, I don't even know what they were called, but they were all, they often came in the shapes of you know popular cartoon characters. Like there was a SpongeBob one or a Ninja Turtles <laughs> one, and they had like it was like soft soft ice cream, and they had gumballs for eyes. I, I don't even I do know. What know. Were. We, we were definitely different generations, I guess. <laughs> I also like Flintstones push pops. Flintstones push pops were good. Were they orange? They were orange. I can't do that. Push pops are flavors. push pops are so messy. Oh, I think they had multiple flavors, but orange was the go to Jasper's by primary the way. one. Jasper's where uh, I, they I will start selling Flintstones push pops. I like the um, like now as an adult, I would call them like the Dove chocolate bars, but they weren't the, the yeah. one that's the like like the Nestle Crunch outside that's chocolate with the vanilla yeah like the shell like the shell on the ice cream yeah that's pretty good i I like that i could do that but again it it needs to be chocolate i like that so well it's good to know that jasper's is on the right track with the with the freeze pops so what we need to find out is apparently a cartoon shaped boozy chocolate dessert that's frozen because that's you get the cartoon uh, and and i want the chocolate and so that's what we're that's what we're saying jasper's needs to come up with now is a boozy chocolate cartoon dessert yes <laughs> sure go to jasper's <laughs> where go you to can jasper's eat, where you can eat fred flintstone's chocolate face 
Ew. That sounds like a, a euphemism for something. No, no, that's disgusting. Bingen, get your head out of the gutter. Like get that Limp Biscuit album, the chocolate starfish and the hot dog water or whatever it was. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was uh, clearly I, I, about buttholes. <laughs> I did go to Jasper's. Go to I Jasper's. Did, I did it all for the cookie, is what we did it. We did it all for the cookie. Um, all right. So Jasper's my way or the highway. <laughs> Jasper's make oh, stuff. Jasper's, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Jasper's keep rolling, 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 rolling to Jasper's. Keep rolling, 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 rolling to Jasper's. I give up. I, I give up. Uh, they are they are evolving constantly. They got some new menu items coming. They're going to adjust their menu again because they're so they're so they're so good at this. They're the next evolution of the sports bar. That's why they have boozy popsicles, you know, to remind you of your childhood nostalgia and get you drunk at the same time. Go to Jasper's. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask you if you believe the – did Pekka begin the big goaltender thing in the NHL? Do you subscribe to that theory? You know, I would have to do more research on the subject, to be honest with you. But for a long time, the Predators only employ gigantic goaltenders, <laughs> you know, between Pekka and Anders Lindbach and um, – God, there had to be a couple other ones. Vokun wasn't very big. Um, I mean, Seamace is not huge. <laughs> Chris, Chris isn't big. UC, of course, isn't isn't large. But I feel like for a while, you know, if if you were six foot, Devin Dubnik for a hot second, like if you were like six foot five, six foot six, you were probably playing in Nashville in goal. But were, uh, were there? I, I'd be interested to see the research. How many six yeah. foot five, six foot six goaltenders were at Pekka's level prior to Pekka? And and we know when he changed, he got the injury and he changed his his whole lifestyle around, right? Like I'm going to eat kale smoothies and it, you know, it's all about the core workout. And I think he, he was sort of on the, the front end of that Tom Brady style of, of self care. Um, as the guy well. is so, in tremendous uh, shape. Yeah. It's insane. He, he is in tremendous shape and, and you have to be, to be a goalie, you know, you have to have flexibility and, you know, explosiveness and, but you know, Pekka, even as he's closing in on 40, you know, has taken incredible care of himself. As I'm talking here, I'm, I'm, look, I'm going into the archives to see where Pekka was in terms of height among goalies when he first started. Um, <laughs> hold on one second. Let's see. <laughs> so in 2005-2006, Pekka only played in two games, but he was the tallest goaltender <laughs> to appear in a game at 77 inches which is six foot five yeah dude come on 72 inches well excuse me multiples of 12 come on buddy okay so and so but then things he wasn't well can you give it to me can you give it to me in uh centimeters please so that no i can't in in finland we can get the metric system in here so in 2007 2008 the only two goaltenders that were taller were uh, Steve Valiquette, now retired and an analyst for MSG, and Mike Smith, um, most recently of the Edmonton Oilers. I'm still going through it here because it's very interesting to me. I'll go to 10, <laughs> I'll go to 10 11. I can't believe that you have the heights of every active goaltender in any given season like at, at your fingertips. That's quite impressive. So Devin Dubnik, uh, 78 inches. Oh, okay. Jacob Markstrom, 78 inches. Andres Limbach, 78 inches. Who's, so, yes, who, says, who says size doesn't matter? Pecorine, definitely among. Let's go back. One more thing. No, I mean, no. <laughs> no, I, no hold on. I'm all right, all right. this now. So, in 2001, I'm trying to think. Like, so, in 2001, the tallest regular goalie in the NHL was Sean Burke. He was 76 inches. Okay. So, okay. that's about the same size. But yeah, so I mean, I'm not sure okay. if he began the craze, but you know, he he is tall. So yes. Um, all right. So real quickly, you mentioned already 369 wins. That is 19th all time. Uh, 917 save percentage in his career. That is 16th all time in NHL history. Uh, 45 playoff wins. I believe that's 25th all time. I believe um, his 243 goals against average in his career. 22nd all time. 
Um, we've had this conversation before. I, I think it's a little weird that he finishes with 666 regular season games started. <laughs> I think that's a little weird if you're into that uh, sort of thing. I'm, I'm not, so I don't care, but some people are. Um, I, I I think it's hard to, to, to put him in the Hall of Fame with those numbers without the cup. But I also think part of the very vague way to define Hall of Fame is, are you among the best players at your position during your era, during your generation, would you be considered one of the greatest of, of that, that time period? And I think he absolutely is one of the three to five best goaltenders of our generation. And that really vague explanation is almost like his best case to be a hall of famer. He's a Besna trophy champion. He's been to the Stanley cup final. He's the, the winningest goaltender in Finnish history. I'm not sure how much that matters. Um, I, my gut tells me he is not going to get into the hall of fame. And I don't like that, but I don't know if I can make the case. I don't know, Adam is, do you see it any differently than that? It's, I feel like we've had, we've had this debate, I think at one point, and we've talked about how much international uh, accomplishments should count. You know, the one thing that's interesting to me about Pecorine is the fact that he never competed in the Olympics. Um, if I am not mistaken, Perhaps he was a reserve on the team, but he never dressed in an Olympic game, um, which which is shocking um, when you consider it. Um, but you know he played in you know World Championships. He played in the World Cup of Hockey several years ago. Uh, before that season started, I can't remember which season it was. Maybe fifteen, sixteen, or sixteen, seventeen. Um, but you know he does have a lot going for him. Um, in terms of being in the top 20 and wins, you know, solid numbers, um, a Vezina trophy, um, a King Clancy Memorial trophy, although that is not an on the ice award. Um, I mean, he, he yeah, is a top, is he, he's a top 25 goaltender all time, right? In the history of the I, I would say he's definitely in that conversation. Um, you know, there are if if Peccari, if the Predators would have won the Stanley Cup in 2017, most likely, I would have to guess, Pecorine would have been the Conn Smythe recipient for the Predators. Agreed. If, if he would have won that and a Stanley Cup on top of a Vezina trophy, I think he would be as close to a shoe-in as he could possibly be. Um if even without the cups, he was a finalist for the Vezina trophy four times. If he would have won multiple Vezinas, let's say he won three of the four that he was nominated for. I think he probably would be in the hall of fame. I so, uh, yeah. you're, but you're making it like you're putting him basically on the border then. Like he's basically he is, straddling the line. Yes. I think that's, that's the perfect way to describe it. He is straddling the line. He is not a, a shoe in first ballot hall of famer, but he is in, he, I know this is a horrible sports talk cliche, but he is in the conversation. Like we're having the guy, it's Tony Reale on around the horn says we're having the conversation. So of course he's in the conversation. <laughs> right. It's like, it's yeah. like, is he a hall of famer? Why? Well, I, I, of course he is. Of course he's not. Well, no, it's debatable. Well, you guys are literally debating it. So right. like, it's obviously so, debatable. So yeah, he is on the cusp. Like, would it shock me if at some point he is, he is elected or uh, into, or yeah, elected, inducted rather into the hockey hall of fame? No, it would not. Um, but I don't think if, but if that were to happen, I think it's going to take a while. Like, I don't think he's going to be, he, I don't think he's going to get in his first yeah. few rounds of getting it. And, and this is where if he's on the ballot and I don't know the, I don't know the NHL's rules. Like I do some of like the other rules as far as how many years and percentages and all that stuff. But if he's on the ballot a few different times and it starts to drag on, that is where, in my opinion, the type of person that you were comes into play. We are seeing this with baseball with, with all the steroid guys. And like, we think that X, Y, and Z player did this and they, you know, Barry Bonds wasn't nice to the media and you know, I, I should that, or should that not be a factor? I don't know, but I'd like to think that in life, good people are rewarded for being good. And so if it comes down to a, a sixth year of voting or a seventh year of voting or an eighth year, whatever the number is, and, and, and there's a, a bunch of people voting and they're on the fence and all of a sudden it's like, all right, let's, I, I think Pekka Rene is a, a hall of famer. Let's put him in. 
I'd like to believe that in the back of their minds, you know, the fact that he was a Hall of Fame human being is a part of the equation. Maybe that's just me being a homer, Adam. I don't know. You're such a homer. I, I don't. I, does that? Yeah, I mean, you said it already on the show. You root for people, right? You're rooting yeah. for Shea I Weber. Mean, it's you know? certainly, it's certainly like by nature, whether or not we're we, whether or not we realize we're doing it, we have bias. We have we have bias towards people. You know, we like. So it's not. I don't think the Hall of Fame committee is going to elect Pecorine, you know, push him over the edge because he's a nice guy. But I have to imagine, you know, people who are on that committee might say, you know what? I always love dealing with him. I thought he was a great ambassador for the sport. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. So I, I do think, I mean, I, I think it works in his favor. Absolutely. You know, okay. Pekka, Pekka, you know, as we've discussed at length is a high quality person and he's touched everybody he's interacted with. You know, I had a great conversation today um, with Nathaniel Bone. Nathaniel Bone um, ha- has been friends with Pekka for, I think, 11, no, even more than 11, like 15 years. He, he, had, he had an inoperable brain tumor um, and became friends with Pekka through his work with the 365 Pediatric Cancer Fund. And you know, the first person that Pekka greeted when he walked into the press room t- today was Nathaniel and they gave each other a hug. And I talked to Nathaniel afterwards and you could tell how much Pekka meant to him and, and, and keeping him, keeping him alive, keeping him, you know, keeping him, you know, making him happy. You know, I can only, I can't even begin to put myself in Nathaniel's shoes. Um, but like that, that's the thing about Pecorino. And yeah, like, that's yeah. what Chris Mason, that's what Chris Mason said to me earlier today was, you know, this is who he is. Like, he's not just, he doesn't just decide one day, like, oh, you know, I just feel like being nice today. Like, right, this is just right. who he is. And like that, you know, I, I thought his line at the press conference where he was asked, I believe by Robbie Stanley, how he's going to be remembered. And he was like, as a man of the people, you know, <laughs> Like he, you know, that was to me the best line of the whole thing because that's who he was. I mean, and and I guess that's what I was trying to get across by sort of there's this fun loving, jovial, just life of the party kind of guy, but not in a bad way, in the nice, kind, genuine way, if that makes sense, right? And I think yes. I don't think I think only his teammates get to see that. I think only the people inside his circle truly get to see that side of Pekka, and um, maybe we have to see more of it now that now that he's retired and and again. Uh, you know, we're nothing else we could say, frankly, could could do it justice. Um, I, I don't know if you've got any other interactions with him you'd like to share. Uh, I, I will say this, and I think I've said it before. I think you've said it before. In 16, 17 years of doing this, there's not a personality, a person, a coach, a player, anybody that I would say that I admire more than Pecorine. And that's not a word, you know, admire that I would throw around very often with anybody that I cover. Like, again, subjects is not the right word. But when you cover people, to your point earlier, you're not fans of the team. You're there to do a job. But it you can't help but appreciate and in this case, admire a guy like Pecorine. So um, unless you've got anything else to add, we'll get on to a far more exciting and, and more entertaining topic like expansion. If Unless you've got anything else to add as it pertains to Pecorino. No, I, I think we, I think we've said everything that needs to be said. Um, I, I hope that we can continue to, to talk um, after now that he no longer is required to deal with me on a daily basis. <laughs> um, so no, I, I, you know, I've had, you know, the, the, the privilege of, you know, covering the NHL in some capacity for, for 10 years now. And I've met some really great, players and people who I continue to talk to and, and continue to, to lean on for insight and and just, you know, getting their perspectives on things. But, you know, like you said, Pecorine to me is the most genuine, might be the most genuine. He definitely is the most genuine athlete I have ever encountered. And is among the most genuine people I've encountered, not just in the professional world, um, you know, there, there is a reason why, you know, he is so beloved 
in this town and in in other places as well. Um, like it's 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 physically impossible to hate Pecorine. Like <laughs> I know if you can't like Pecorine, you're the one that has the problem. It has nothing to do with him. <laughs> like if you don't like Pecorine, yeah, yeah. like you're something's wrong with you. You know, and it's uh, you know, I we'll, I, I we'll leave I'm, it there. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. I think you know he's he's yeah. a dad. He loves being a dad. Um, he, I know ta- that- he, he talked about how his grand his his parents and have not met their grandson yet, and that's part of the reason they 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 waited and made the decision, and now they're going to go back to Finland here soon and and actually get to get the family together, right? Yeah, I think that's that's so. that's great. You didn't re- you, you you kind of forget that that he hasn't been able to see his yeah. uh, his family. All right, so on to far more entertaining topics. Adam Vingan, what should the Nashville Predators strategy be when they submit their list to the Seattle Kraken on Saturday the 17th, Adam? Let's do it, buddy, for the last time. Thank, oh, thank freaking God. God. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, what should they do? They, 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 and you wrote about this on The Athletic, pay for good journalism, of course. Um, but by trading Victor Arvidsson, they do solve some of their problems because he's not a piece they have to worry about. And it, should they wanted to, to, to protect five defensemen, they can do that now. Um, you floated in an article that the Dante Fabro piece, if you move Dante Fabro, is he enough to get them to take one of the big centermen that costs a whole lot of money? What, what should the predator strategy be? And, and final predictions, of course, we'll get to in just a second. I think the strategy should be to protect five defensemen. Um, I think the Predators, quite frankly, do not have more than three forwards worthy of protecting. Um, I I think that um, it would be wise to um, not go overboard in making any sort of side deals uh, to, to guarantee that one player in particular is chosen. Um, ultimately, I think someone, someone noteworthy, but someone that does not make a ton of money is going to be ultimately selected <laughs> in that expansion draft. Is that your way of saying that there's the Predators fans need to prepare themselves for Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson to not be involved in the expansion draft? I mean, I would think so. Like over at the athletic, we did this story today where we were talking about like, you know, we were predicted which player from our respective teams is going to be taken in the expansion draft. And um, I picked Callie Yarncroke. So yeah, I, I think, be- I think my vote would be Colton, Colton Sessions, I think. One, I, I think one of the two of them is, you yeah. know, is a good, is a good, it's a good chance of happening. So I think you protect Johansson. I think you protect Cunning. I think you protect Forsberg. And then you you're do protecting, the protecting. No, wait, you're protecting Johansson. I, I think you do. I mean, unless you really love Colton Sissons, because I think the I, I still think Johansson is, you you know, there. I think you're better with Ryan Johansson than you are with Colton Sissons on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone would argue so, with that. Well, people would argue with that. I, I think you leave Matt Duchesne unprotected, and you say. Go for it, guys. <laughs> but you you protect Ryan Johansson, you protect Forsberg, you you protect Cunning, and and then you take your five defensemen and you keep them on the books, and then you keep Soros, and then you say, all right, your choice is clearly the most talented piece of all these pieces, Matt Duchesne, also clearly the most expensive piece, or you can take a cheaper, lesser version of him and take Colton Sissons with a longer contract, or you know, keep Callie Arncock. If you are convinced that they are not going to touch Ryan Johansson or Matt Duchesne, then maybe you protect Colton Sissons if you, and leave Callie Arncock unprotected. But that's mm-hmm. the only strategy. I, that's the, to me, the only decision they have, if they don't have a side deal, the only decision they actually have, in my opinion, is protect Ryan Johansson because you think he's just a little bit too important versus a replacement version of himself or, or, or you pick one of those guys that you like the most, right? Like, we like Colton Sissons the most. We dare you to take Ryan Johansson. Because I don't think – here's what I'm saying. I don't think this team is better if they if the Kraken take Ryan Johansson and you still have Matt Duchesne and you get Colton Sissons. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes, it certainly does. <laughs> Are you so ready for expansion draft to be over? 
So here's what will happen. The Preds will submit their list on the 17th. We will probably all find out what that list is probably the day after, right? Maybe Sunday, the 18th ish. Yeah. The last time around the last time around with the Vegas draft, um, it was like the, I think it was the day after, like the morning after um, they unveiled the list to the public. So my guess would be on Sunday at some point. Yep. And then you have from the 18th on Sunday through the 21st, which is the night of the draft, the actual expansion draft, you have that window to negotiate general manager to general manager about like, you know, Hey, are you sure you don't want Dante Fabro? I'll give you Dante Fabro. If you now, hopefully you've had those conversations prior and, and, and obviously that, that can all happen, but that's the, the, those, that's sort of the period of time where deals are getting done. And then of course they will announce, um, I guess it's probably what, like seven o'clock or something like that next Wednesday. And, and seven, oh, yeah, I think it's seven. I'm assuming stuff will leak out in, in the process from around the NHL. Um, and so what we will do on the show next week is we will wait until after we have learned actually who is gone from the Predators roster and what the strategy was. And we will come back and recap after that. So do not expect a podcast early Wednesday morning next week. Um, that, the little schedule will be off a little bit next week due to the expansion draft. Uh, and then there, of course, we're right into the, you know, the NHL draft itself the next weekend. So there's a lot going on over the next 14 days. Oh boy. It's my favorite time of the year. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm genuinely interested in free agency. There's so many RFAs and two big guys, Ekholm and Forsberg, starting on the 28th that they can actually resign. So I, I'm fascinated. I mean, David Poyle has already shown us he's he's willing to make moves. So you move Dave, you move Victor Arvidsson, you're 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 tipping your hand a little bit, right? Yes, yes, you are. Um, but no, I, I like this time of the year. It gets exciting when. Lots of things happen, um, but I also look forward to it being over. <laughs> <laughs> soon enough, my friend, soon enough. Um, all right, so uh, we'll take take a look. Make sure you read all the stuff at The Athletic right now because that, that gets you prepared for the expansion draft. Um, f- f- so you think they protect five defensemen. Who are the three forwards they protect, in your opinion, if you had to guess? Um, Who should Phillip they protect? Philip Forsberg, Luke Cunning, and Colton Zizis. Okay. I, I, I totally get that as well. I could see that as well. Um, all right. So stay tuned to The Athletic for all the great stuff. As usual, we will, be back, we will be back next week after the expansion draft has finished. So we will be a, a day late next week. So just remember that. And, of course, the gold standard, Adam, is brought to you by Jasper. Always, always Jaspers. It's always Jaspers. And it's genuinely good food the way Pekka is genuinely a good guy. We got a great happy hour, free parking. Great place to watch the game. Go check it out. Go to Jasper's. You, you can take a, a pregnant wife who doesn't eat meat to sure. Jasper's. Or you could go with your buddies at like 2 o'clock on a Friday and get a, ice, you know, a popsicle that's full of booze. It's a pretty good range there by Jasper's. Pretty good range. Kind of like Pekka. Excellent range. Yeah, Pekka had a lot of range. No question about it. Uh, all right. For Adam Vingan. At Adam Vingan on Twitter and at The Athletic as well. My name is Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Gold Standard. Go watch YouTube videos of Pecorine right here on the 440 Sports Network.